There's incredible personal freedom in truth, yet we spend so much of our lives showing up the way we think we should. The ways that will make our parents happy, our colleagues respect us, society at large accept us, and of course, the ways that will make us look good on Instagram and social media. In My Truth is the antidote to the shoulds. Be a fly on the wall as my guests and I dive into the untruths we're currently living with and work through them together in real time. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and as I recently updated my Instagram bio to read, I'm not one thing, but many. Professionally, I run Grow My Team. I'm one of the co-founders of the League of Extraordinary Women, but personally, I'm a lot more than that. Last year, I moved through a breakdown. I also moved through a breakup. I also changed my entire career professionally, sold my company, ended 17 years in financial planning, a lot of change. During this period, I had a strong calling to share what was going on for me, to share it publicly on my blog, on my social media. I don't know why, but I really felt that it was important to open up these conversations and share with people what was really happening behind the scenes of my life. This sharing resulted in a lot of people reaching out to me to have deep conversations. And I started imagining what would it look like if other people could listen in on these conversations? What healing could come from that? I knew that I was healing. I knew the people I was having conversations with were healing. And I really felt that if other people could listen to these conversations, to what was happening in real time, as we worked through things, that healing would come for many. And so on a drive from Vancouver to Colorado, a pilgrimage, I would say, where I was moving my life back to the state that has called my heart since the first moment I ever set foot in there, this podcast, In My Truth, was born. It feels healing and growing for me. I believe it's healing and growing for my guests. And I feel that there will be healing and growing for you, my listeners. So let's dive in. Quick disclaimer before we dive in, what we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Welcome everyone to this episode of In My Truth. I'm very excited to have one of my best ever girlfriends, Adrian, on. Um, I'm so excited to have you here, babe. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, first, before I do that, actually, I'll tell us a little bit about you because I think you're fucking awesome. Uh, we met through the Fit for Service program, which I have had a lot of other guests on the show from FFS. And I think you were the first girl that I actually met in the program and we became fast friends, which has been super fun. We met in person in Tulum. We were in an accountability group together. So I met you on Zoom first. And I was like a little bit intimidated by you, but also excited to meet you. I think I could see a lot of myself in you, which is probably often what comes up when we feel things about new people that we meet. Um, But I remember walking into the cocktail event at um, Ahau in Tulum on the first night and I was super overwhelmed because I'd missed the first summit and I felt like I was behind the eight ball with meeting everyone and you just came up to me and grabbed me and like looked me in the eyes and you were like, it's okay, everything's okay. And it was pretty cool. So um, yeah, we've spent a lot of time together here in Colorado at my place. We've been in Bali together and you're one of my favorite people to dive into my own shit with. So I'm super excited to have you on the show. But now that I've given a little intro, tell us a bit about you and what you're working on right now and what you do with yourself, all your amazingness. Yeah. 
Well, I'm definitely a project person. So if you were to ask me this in a couple months, it would change, but I'm heavily diving into taking all, all of the work that I did on myself um, around self-healing and concepts that I learned about last year, which was really just trauma wounds, the five core wounds from childhood, how it shows up in all of our relationships, relationship dynamics, creating custom containers with relationships. And so really working with people and building uh, really conscious dynamic relationships, whether that be with their lovers or just the people in their life. And then also an accumulation of all of the self-healing tools and techniques that I have been gifted from other people and also learned through readings. Um, and then also just like self-reflection and self-work. And so I have a couple of projects going on right now. Um, the, the one that's kind of ongoing is a platform that I have called the Alphas Project, which is really just means becoming free. And it's just a platform for myself and other influencers, um, people that have like purpose-driven goals that they want to help save the world. They want to help share medicine, share their value. And I just provide a platform to do so. So we host a lot of conscious-based workshops, um, retreats in person when there's no quarantine. And so now that there's quarantine and there's things going on that we can't get out and do in-person events and social events, I'm doing a mastermind group that's all about self-healing. And then the last project that I just picked up and am working on is a collaboration with a woman named Dr. Sheila Campbell that lives out in LA. She's a Chinese medicine doctor. She um, she has her doctorate in acupuncture, and she's also attended multiple dozens of mystery schools before she ever even went to get her doctorate. So we've been doing a lot of like really witchy things together, and we're really working on building out what is her life's work, which is a sacred sexuality um, course, sacred sexuality workshops, and then just teaching people the principles of energetics and the science behind them, and how to build really strong containers where you can use sexuality for a lot more than just getting off, you know, using it for healing, like really helping your partner understand what healing you need or vice versa, um, creativity, manifestation, and then also just having like completely like what they call out of this world sex. Um, mm. that's, yeah, that, those are the projects that I got going on right now. Oh my God. I love it. And I am in the midst of learning or deepening my tantra practice right now and having some pretty out of this world sex, which is Fantastic. I'm also a part of your mastermind and we just started and had our first call and it was really, really wonderful. So I encourage everyone to look out for that for when you're doing a new intake because it is it is incredible deep work. I can feel it already and I'm super excited to be a part of that. Um, all right. So let's dive into where you're at today, what's coming up. I know you've been doing a lot of work on this sexual healing and um, I don't know, is that kind of where you want to start today or... Yeah, I feel like that's the most relevant topic of my life right now because <laughs> I spent the last four years in the dark with uh, what had happened to me sexually and also not wanting anybody to know about the healing that I was trying to do because, you know, I think when when you've suffered from things for so long, like I've had autoimmune symptoms that are 100% related to my sexual trauma. I've had um, so many issues with my sex life and intimacy and connecting with men and connecting with women. And it just all really comes back to to that. And when you don't have, like I've been to so many doctors and I've talked to so many professionals and, and it seems like no matter where I went to, people were just like, everything seems fine with you. And it's like, for anyone who's ex experienced chronic illness or like chronic pain, that's usually what happens is like, you have something going on with the nerves or you have something going on with something that is not really able to be tracked through Western medicine. And then Western medicine's theory is really about like, it's, you know, this is the, the area that there's pain in. This is the area that we treat. Whereas if you look at like Eastern medicine or Chinese medicine, 
it's like, oh, everything is a flow. It's an energy circuit. And so if one thing's off here, like it has multiple different meanings and how it's flowing and the way that the energy gets blocked is like, has a lot to do with the way that you're moving your energy in your day-to-day life, which is your fucking emotions. And so I, uh, I had a, some sexual trauma that had happened really early on. Um, when, and it wasn't like early on as in childhood, I wasn't, I wasn't sexually assaulted by anybody in my family, but I was a party girl really early from the small town I grew up in. Like I was start, starting to party at like 12. Um, I was 14. My friend left me at this party. She was 17 and I was wasted and three boys just had their way with me. And I never, ever talked about it because, and I never even called it like considered it rape. It was like, I remember when the Me Too movement came on, I've been raped twice and both times were really fucked up. And when the Me Too movement came on, I like couldn't even get behind it. Mm. I was like, oh, these women, like they probably, you know, they probably got drunk at a party and fucked somebody. And I like, that's like, that's like such deep programming. Wow. And to look back on that, it's like, if I thought that about them, like that's why I couldn't see my own stuff. And so um, I really acted out a lot as a kid. Like I was, I was a really troubled kid. I was arrested multiple times. Like I was very physically violent. I would fight people. Um, I just had like such a masculine personality and I was really looking for like love and validation and through power struggles. And so I, and I, we'll get to like where this has all come to a head and, and how it's all fell, you know, fallen together really from all the beautiful brokenness. But then going throughout my, my young, um, adult years when I was 21, I was physically assaulted while I was out drinking again. And this man that I was with, I was with a group of NFL players and all of them were like, I was like, call the police. And they were like, oh, we can't really be a part of this. This is like, you know, this is bad press for us. And one of them ended up taking me home and then fucked me with my eyes swollen shut, Mm. you know, short-term memory loss, concussion. And I remember waking up that morning and feeling like, well, I probably did something to make this person like feel like I wanted to have sex. Maybe I did want to have sex. And it's like, you look back and you're like, really with short-term memory loss and a concussion. And I didn't remember anything for like months after that. I couldn't go to work. My eyes were swollen shut. Like at what point does even a lover be like, you know what? This person probably really wants to have like unconscious sex when they should be at the hospital. And it never really. And like, what type of sex was it? Was it loving and caring and like beautiful? Because maybe there's space for that, but I'm guessing that's not what it was. It was some no, form not of at fucking. All. <laughs> totally. And he, I mean, he was practically a stranger, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And then I just, I perpetuated trying to reconcile that in all my relationships where I would get in, into relationships with, um, you know, men and try to get into relationships with men that were dangerous, but my anxious attachment didn't really work for them because they were, you know, they have really unstable, as Sheila says, unstable outer electrons where they bounce from people to people and they can't let people close to them because their, their electrons actually have a hard time binding. And, uh, I would chase these guys that were like dangerous because I really just wanted I, unconsciously to reconcile what had happened to me. And then I went through, I'd go through this power struggle phase of finding really nice guys and then really just being not very nice to them. Um, and then it was just this cycles, you know, power struggle one way or the other, it's a double edged sword. and. And then um, I got into this relationship with my last partner and all of the things I had put my body through, all the things that other people had put my body through just showed up like overnight. It was like I was finally in the most loving relationship I'd ever been in (laughs) with somebody so stable that cared about me so much. And I remember like the very first time we ever had sex, after we had sex, like my body did not feel right. It was really breaking down. 
I went home, I went to the doctor. They were like, oh, you probably just have like a little infection. No big deal. Here's some antibiotics. And then this just continued to happen every single time we had intercourse. And my body would lock up and it would be so hard for me to get wet. It would be so hard for me to experience pleasure. Not to mention like he had his own intimacy issues. So it was like a clusterfuck of just all of the things. And we hit our intimacy issues really well in each other to the point where we didn't have sex for two years of our relationship and we just were best friends. And that's mm. part of why we're still best friends today. Um, but then I, you know, we broke up and I'm like ready to get back out there, but I'm still having all of these symptoms. I'm still having a lot of pain during penetration. And what also I noticed on, on the side of like, not what's going on with my body, but what's going on with my psyche is I still found myself compromising my own body and what my body was telling me was okay for somebody that I really loved. And I've, I've done this even up till, you know, less than six months ago. And it just got to a point where I've tried all the doctors. I've done all the things. I've completely changed my diet. I had a doctor tell me it was because like, I, I just can't eat sugar. Like I must be like really allergic to all types of fructose. And so I literally stripped my entire diet for eight months of like everything, including fruit, which did nothing really for you know any of the symptoms. I uh, had my breast implants taken out because I thought that was a lot of part of it. And then the other part of that was just like a real spiritual journey for me. And so this whole last year has been just me finding my way back to myself. And instead of shaming my body and hating it and being resentful for what it's experiencing, being like, this is some mad communication going on. And I better listen because it's been communicating for a while. And if it's as if it's as aggressive of a communicator as I am, it's probably not going to stop. It's only going to get louder. And uh, and so fortunately, I had some just really weird things come up. And um, I had already been connected to Sheila about a year ago, but we both have really strong personalities, and it just wasn't the right time. Neither of us were really drawn. We were drawn away from each other. Um, and then I just called, I called one of my good friends and just told him everything that was going on. And he's like, I just feel like you should talk to Sheila. You know, she's, she's so talented in so many ways. And, and not only does she have all of this understanding of like really functional medicine and like this, you know, the Chinese medicine, which by the way, feels like the medicine that is like what I've been looking for my whole life as far as mm -hmm. for my physical body. Um, and so that's really incredible to have come across that and to be able to like kind of study some of that under her without having to go to school. And, um, yeah, I just got in contact with her. I just shared with her what I was experiencing immediately. She was like, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Like the world is shut down right now. This is a great time for you just to come out to California, stay with me for a while. I'll do some treatments on you. And I was also having some weird psychic stuff happening. And she's also like, She's like I said, she, her very first mystery school, she trained with a CIA agent, somebody who was trained by the CIA literally to deprogram and reprogram people. And so she has so such incredible philosophy that's interwoven between Chinese medicine and the energy work and the psychic world and, and the world of energetics that she's been playing around in for over a decade. And she's she's really underground, low-key here in Hollywood, but she works with so many of the celebrities doing this type of work. And so uh, it just felt like the right thing to do. Um, and after three treatments, my whole body is completely different. Uh, it's mm. been, but it's been emotional. Like it's been emotional to see all the pain and the the fact that like intuition and like my truth is what led me to her and all the avoidance and all of the fear is what led me to all the other different vehicles that were like, drive this way. It was like, fucking dead end road there. And like how many dead end roads did I hit 
before I just really like allowed like the surrender process. Um, and I'm still, I'm still in that because right now my body's working better than it's ever worked. I'm hornier than I've ever been. I just want to get back out there and have fun and, you know, have some good sex and feel really deeply connected. I haven't felt that in such a long time. Um, and I'm here in quarantine <laughs> and in LA, which is like for real, for real quarantine. Some other states are doing it right, but they're really doing it right here. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing all of that. I think like I've absolutely experienced and I've shared this on the podcast before, but um, the physical manifestation of my emotional trauma and my emotional pain was my asthma and allergies and all sorts of things where my body was also just you know, screaming at me that there were things that I needed to heal. And these were things that were showing up in all of my relationship dynamics as well. Um, and I've only really in the last 12 months been able to, to heal all of those things. But I'm curious to hear more about the autoimmune stuff and where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Is it, do you feel changes in your body? Yeah. So the most autoimmune symptoms that I have is really high like inflammation in my body where um, like I can feel literal like bumps, like just swollen bumps of fluid, of like crunchiness. And mostly like in my legs, like my calves are always so tight, they hurt so bad. Um, And so I'm like having inflammation where sometimes it's really hard for me to go work out and it's not muscular, you know, like I've gone and I've done the muscular things and, and that's helped a tremendous amount as well. Because again, energy is moving in the body. If you're not moving, then that energy is going to get blocked. And so there's like multifacets of what I've done and movement's been an incredible piece of it, but there's still like these lumps and these things going on. And just so much physical discomfort. Um, I have this huge pain in my side that runs all the way from my front abdomen through to my back that runs through my bladder, which has caused like urinary incontinence. Um, so like I, when I go, I, I, this has happened by the way, since I was younger, right? I remember like every time I go to the bathroom and I hear somebody peeing for a long time, I'm just blown away. I'm like, wow, you can really hold so much liquid. <laughs> because that's never been my case. It's always been that I could, I just pee a little bit and then I'm like, have to pee like every couple hours at the at max, maybe less than that. I'm the worst person for fucking road trips. Um, I also had like, you know, in Tulum, when you met me, I was, I was coming out of like a 40 day period. I was bleeding for 40 fucking days. And you know, mm-hmm. they make jokes about like how women can bleed for seven days without dying. And it's like, you really start to think like, what is going on? Like, this is not okay. And every pap smear I've ever gotten has been regular. Like nothing is wrong with me. Um, and then every, almost every single time I had sex, I got an infection. Uh, and it mm. depended on the partner. And, and the truth of it is now looking back, it really depended on uh, how much, how many things energetically my partner had going on. For instance, two of my last partners had really not taking care of their like emotions and their relations in, around their exes, the, the women that they dated. And there was just a lot of like guilt and like weird energy that I could feel when it came to sex. And they had sex, both had sexual trauma as well. And with both of those partners, I got infections every time. Um, and then with one of my other partners who he has like a really clean history where he's been single for so many years and he's got a great relationship with his, his um, ex and his baby mama and, and all these different things. And we had we had great sex. Um, and so it was like really interesting because then it was like, well, is it the partners? Like, you know, even women hear that they're allergic to semen. I mean, I went through the whole fucking rabbit hole of everything (laughs) I could possibly find out about why I was not, my vagina was not happy with these guys being inside of me. 
And, you know, there's again, multifaceted. It also came down to the fact that like, um, my body was like, it didn't matter how much I was connected with someone. It didn't not, it only didn't trust them. It did not trust me. I had, I'd compromised my own integrity so many times to feel loved and validated where I allowed people to enter me when my body was like, please don't do this. And we could really see that when Sheila started to do this work on me, the second that she touched my knees, I mean, an inch above my knees, both my thighs just buckled in. Mm. And it's like, that's like, that's the gatekeeper, right? It's like, no, 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 nothing comes in here. And then, you know, I take it, I'm like, nope, I'm going to spread my legs anyways. And then there's like another gatekeeper. It's like those walls are clenching in and, and, and they're locking up and they're literally like, it's not that we're trying to keep you from pleasure. We're trying to keep you from, you know, the, the, the pain so that we can experience pleasure. And so that's kind of been, um, what a lot of the autoimmune stuff has really showed up as, as well as like tremendous amounts of anxiety, um, which just kind of interwoven and all of that. And me not being able to get to my truth of like why this was happening and and trying to use Western medicine to like really heal my body in so many ways. Um, and then me just not listening to to the fact that it wasn't really working. Mm -hmm. So interesting. I just had an experience with my current partner, a couple of like less than a week ago, actually, where we were, kind of having ceremonial sex, I suppose, like we'd open space to explore and everything. And the sex that we've, we have is very, yeah, like very beautiful, very open. None of, because I've been doing so much healing myself. And right before I actually connected with him, I'm going to go back for a second because it's relevant. Right before I connected with him, I was doing a lot of healing work on my relationship with alcohol and understanding the connection between alcohol and sex. And I on um, on a flight, I spent the whole entire flight journaling all of my all of the shame because I, I connected that with alcohol. I had lo- a lot of feelings of shame, and like even if I had a glass of wine, I'd wake up the next day feeling guilty. Like what? And, and that's just unreasonable. Like it's not you don't need to feel guilty for having a glass of wine with dinner. But I, I recognized that I had this, and I wanted to understand where it was coming from. And so I wrote down every most shameful experience I could ever remember related to drinking, being drunk, whatever. And pretty much all of them were sexual experiences or experiences with men or experiences where that part of me had shown up um, in some way. And I understood that, you know, I was often using alcohol as a connection piece to get people to connect more deeply with me. And then that would translate into you know, sexual experiences with men that I maybe wouldn't have done or they wouldn't have played out in that same way had I been sober and conscious and making those decisions and talking things through. And in this more recent um, ceremony, I had something that came to me in the experience was I felt some pain and like tightness inside me. And I hadn't experienced that for quite some time. And what happened immediately in my mind was I remembered all of the times that I had pushed past that pain and I had just let someone just penetrate me as hard as they wanted. And I, I really, and in this much more conscious container, you know, I was able to dive into that and explore and talk about it. And, you know, it was much more a case of this was happening for me so that I could unpack and understand what was going on. Um, and I'm, I'm still... I think in the middle of that, I think I am still unpacking that a little bit and understanding, um, I guess when you were talking about reflecting on those two experiences that you've now identified as rape, like I look back and I'm like, wow, you know, what are all of those times that 
I've just brushed them aside as me being drunk, me being promiscuous, me putting myself in that position um, and not really maybe just looking into the fact that there was somebody else involved and it wasn't necessarily always <laughs> a connected, loving experience. And yeah, it was just really interesting to experience physically um, something that in that moment I was like, oh, this is uh, familiar in a way that I'm not like, I'm not happy that that was a familiar feeling. And I was like, wow, like I hadn't felt it for a while and it showed up so that I could dive in and explore just how many times when I was younger and drunk, I grit my teeth and I grinned and bared it because obviously I was looking for love and connection so much that even though I was in pain, because my body was saying, no, this is not love and connection. This is not, this is like your sacred space. You should not be just letting someone penetrate you in this way. But, you know, I did because of what I was craving so much. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And I appreciate you opening up the space for me to continue to dive into into that and reconciling it. But it was wild when I connected the dots that pretty much all of the alcohol shame and sexual shame were the same. Like, because I had a plan to write the same list of my shameful sexual experiences as the list of the shameful alcohol experiences. And I was like, oh, I've just done the list in one. Like, that's pretty much it. There was probably like one or two things that I did when I was drunk. I was like, oh, that wasn't so cool. Like, I was pretty hammered, but like, whatever, it probably wasn't that big a deal either. Like, they were pretty much all connected to me giving to giving more of myself than I would have wanted to had I been sober in relation to men, in relation to seeking connection and love. It's like, yeah. Whoa, and that's the part of like non-consensual sex that nobody's talking about is when, when you've given consent to someone after your body did not give consent to you mm-hmm. and like rebuilding that relationship. Like I'm literally having to court my own body when I'm so- mm-hmm. in self-pleasure. Like I can't just get off and like really quickly masturbate. Like I have to like date my body because my body's mm-hmm. like, bitch, you, I don't trust you. And it's like, oh, well, I'm a different person. How many times have we heard that? <laughs> I'm, a different, I'm a different woman. <laughs> I promise I'll never I've changed. <laughs> I've changed. <laughs> and um, yeah, and it's, you know, thank you for sharing that too, because I would, I'm going to guess that unless you just had like a really healthy upbringing around sex and your parents openly talked about sex in front of you and you were able to not feel shame about masturbating and you have like a sexual, your blue sexual blueprint is actual sexual. You're probably not the person that just wants to get fucked really hard and it feels really good. (laughs) For some people, that's incredible. Like Mm -hmm. you should do that. You should do it all the time because it's, it's, you're, you're probably having a great moving of energy and sharing that space and like allowing your body to release. But for any shame, anyone who's been felt violated, anybody who felt shame growing up, anybody who didn't doesn't feel like they can touch themselves without feeling gross, like if you're having sex in a way that your body is not like fully on board, you have sexual trauma. And mm-hmm. that's really what Sheila and I are working together to do is like, and that's that goes back to the whole idea of like, I've had so many autoimmune symptoms and the thing that I never would have thought it was sexual because they're all over. They're, they're different. They're like, they're not connected. They feel separate, but they are because the first treatment that her and I did, she took two needles and put one, um, like they're both down, you know, by my vagina and by my anus. And she put two needles down there. And I was like, what the hell? Like, this doesn't seem like it would help somebody who has trauma. This feels like more trauma. 
And immediately I felt like what felt like an egg dropping down inside my cervix. And she was like, that's the drop. That is those muscles that have been clenched and locked. Some of those are dropping down just into a normal place. And I was like, oh, cool. This is really cool. I felt energy starting to circuit up through my body in a way that I hadn't before. Like I always felt a ton of energy. Like, um, I, first of all, I never felt my chakras before until this last year. And then I started doing all this work on my sacral because I was trying to heal myself sexually. So I learned how to really communicate with my sacral where it's like, it's like hot and I can stir it up and it can move. And it's so intense. But what I never realized is the energy wasn't moving up because what happens mm-hmm. when you get raped is that energy cuts and it retracts in order to keep whoever entered your body without permissions, energy from moving up your entire body and just taking over. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this really cool defense mechanism that nobody fucking talks about in Western medicine. And so you can see these like in the Chinese medicine, like the, the meridians and the channels and like how energy communicates and moves through them. And then you have like everybody that's doing yoga and like breath is life, but like prana is life and prana is not breath. Prana is literally life force, the energetics that run through the breath, that run through the body, like on the surface, you know, and wraps around literally everything in everything. Like you can have, you can have somebody on a table that's got a nervous system, they've got a heartbeat, they've got, um, they're breathing, but if they have no prana, they're a vegetable. They don't exist. They're not alive, right? And so just like being able to dive into this, the second, so the next day I woke up and it literally felt like somebody had just kicked me right in the vagina. And it was like, these were just two baby needles. And it wasn't like tremendous pain. It was like, you know, that of cramping. Uh, um, But I was like, wow, this is such an interesting feeling to feel the soreness of these muscles having done something different. So immediately I was really excited because after all the things I had been through, I just want like, I didn't care if the pain was there. I wanted something that physically made me know that things were working. And Mm -hmm. the next session that we did, um, she takes and she does this really unique um, massage technique that she that is accumulation of Chinese medicine stuff, acupuncture stuff, and then also what she learned in her mystery school, which is literally just working with the meridians and the channels to move energy to communicate properly. So she takes and starts working on my feet and my legs. And when she runs up my legs, I'm like, oh, my legs are fucked up. They have like so many knots in them, like knots to the point where you can see them sometimes when you look at my legs. And she's like, oh yeah, we're going to move all of that. So all of a sudden she starts moving all this stuff and it's like painful, but it's like, the the crunches that I usually feel and the knots, they start moving and she knows how to move them where they move out of my channels, out of my body. And I'm watching her fucking throw it into the fire next to us. And like, I can feel things leaving me and I'm having like, I'm having such a visceral experience. And then her doing this, it's like the lightest touch massage. Like, it's not like a crazy, like deep tissue where they're getting in there and just like hammering you. But I'm feeling my nervous system start to really like freak out. Like, it's like, this is not normal what's going on because our nervous system just knows what's going on all the time. It's like, it has that programming and Mm -hmm. it runs our lives. And then all of a sudden she's literally changing and reprogramming the way that my nervous system fires based on touch. And so then my body stops buckling. It's like all of a sudden now my like thighs are laid wide open. I'm feeling relaxed. And the way I describe it is before, like my legs felt like, like my calves feel like they're one unit. Like they're, they're, they're one body. I feel like I have multiple bodies on my body and, I, and I'm always like, oh, which, which body hurts? When I got done with the massage, I felt like one fluid unit. I felt the smoothness of energy flowing throughout my whole body. My legs didn't feel separated from my hips. Um, I even have like so much scar tissue from my, my breast explant that the doctors were like, oh, you probably just won't get feeling back. All of a sudden I'm feeling like my boob is my boob again. It's not just this weird thing on my body that... And for anyone who has like, 
you know, like a, um, like an implant or something that just isn't their body, you can feel it. You can feel that it's not your body. It doesn't mm-hmm. communicate the same way. And so that was like such a beautiful experience. I cried and I, I, you know, it took me several hours to decompress from what my nervous system had went through from the, one of the most gentle massages I've ever had in my life. Um, and the third thing that we did session wise was we did the same type of massage technique and um, she went in on the inside of me actually and felt around and really worked out the dead spots and the lumps. And by this time, my vagina was already like having a good time and back online and my body's back online. And she's really just doing some last minute work. Um, and what I noticed is there was so much locked up in there that that's what's been leading to my back and my hip pain, mm-hmm. which I've been, I've been ferociously attacking through functional movement, which has also helped. Like, I'm not going to ever say functional movement does not greatly impact the body, but there are things that, that that's not helping like weird cramp, like not cramps in, in the muscles, but like my joints, you know, and just like locked, like locked up where there's no, no ability to really communicate relaxation. And so having those experiences has been incredible. And then the other thing that she does is she really teaches people how to work with their partner in this container. So to then take, you know, if you were, if you were sexually assaulted by somebody with a penis, then to integrate somebody, your partner in, to use that as a way to do shadow work, to bring up things, but then also to turn around and heal it. Um, that's like the next layer. And so it has been literally life-changing. I've only been here for two weeks and mm. I have found healing in the two weeks that I have searched for, for four fucking years through a lot of very expensive doctors. And, um, that's the space that I'm in right now is just getting to know my new body. And then the next phase of that is like integration. Like how do I make sure that I don't repeat old patterns moving forward to just put my body back to the place that it was in before. And that doesn't just come with getting treatments done. That comes with literally learning about energetics and learning about how to enter into a sacred sexuality container, which is what you know I'm learning right now. Yeah. And I feel like um, what comes up for me with everything you're sharing is like, we have to do the inner work at the same time as all of these other things, like these treatments with specialists and professionals and amazing healers and, you know, the food we eat and the functional training and all of that, like, absolutely it all helps. But if we are not doing the inner work, the emotional work, the, and setting those intentions to, you know, look at the stuff, no matter how scary it might be and let it come up and let it come out and then integrate, then it only goes so far. And I think that's absolutely what you're doing. And I know it's kind of the journey that I've been on as well. Like it's actually wild, this conversation, it's making me realize how much of this current relationship container I'm in is naturally fostering this, um, sexual healing because we communicate so much. And it's so interesting. You talked about the breast implants. One of the first times that we were having sex, I was, I remember sitting on top of him, straddling him. And all of a sudden I felt, wow, why did I put these implants in my body? Like I just had this overwhelming sense of like, huh, I'm now living with something inside my body because I didn't think, you know, and I would say I waited to a point where I wasn't, I didn't hate my body by any means or anything like that. And I thought about it a lot and I took my time with that decision. I was 35 or six when I got them. But 
I see now that I still didn't love my body as it was. Otherwise I wouldn't have put implants in it. Yes. I didn't hate my body. It wasn't like, you know, some really, it didn't come from a place of loathing or anything like that, but I really felt it. I was like, wow, okay, I've, I've done that thing. And and now they're in me. And and it was an, an interesting moment for me to like sit with and reconcile. And I need, I needed to integrate that over the coming days. Um, and then what you just mentioned about you using your partner and working together to open up space to explore some of these things. Like I've absolutely been doing that without completely realizing what I've been doing. But, you know, this three-year journey, I would say that I've been on to understand myself and my sexuality and heal has been, you know, I'm only seeing now that I'm in a whole nother stage. Like the first stage of this journey for me was like, one, speaking about things like masturbation and being attracted to women and like all of the, like just taking the shame and taking that stuff out of the shadows and then like exploring, like saying that I love sex and, and embracing that part of myself. But like, there's like a whole nother layer that comes after all of that. That's like so much deeper. I'm only laughing because like I'm really like just in. It's so much. And yeah, I enjoyed the shit out of my boobs. I had them for eight years. They were fucking awesome. They were you did beautiful. have great boobs. They when were I was beautiful. in Bali with you, I did a I did a topless photo shoot with a hot Bali photographer. Shout out Barry. Um, that was we love you, Barry. We love you, Barry. Um, it was so good, and I. I don't regret getting them. What was beautiful was that I went through a phase and I really got to use them as a mirror for so much shadow work. It was like the thing that you love the least about yourself, right? It doesn't go away. It doesn't mm-hmm. go away with the nose job or the implants. It doesn't change. <laughs> and so I got the implants when I was 19. I was like, I'm going to be so lovable. And then it was like, <laughs> I spent eight years chasing love. And then, and then I thought that they were what was causing like all my autoimmune symptoms. And definitely... Um, I think that they were causing some like issues with like my muscle structure for sure. Cause like when they came out, I had like divots that I refilled with some collagen um, because they were like, they like had literally eaten away. And then I also have a lot of friends who literally have had their implants taken out and all their symptoms have gone away. Mm-hmm. So I definitely am on board with like, you know, if you're having symptoms and you can't figure out where they're coming from and you have implants, it might be something to look into. Uh, but I also have friends that right now are like, I'm just not ready to lose them. And it's like, it's cool, dude. Just start working on other pieces of your life. Like it'll come back around. But for me, the thing that I hated the love least about myself, you know, last year was that I had autoimmune symptoms. So here I am <laughs> with the same, <laughs> the same feeling in the same area. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is so shitty. Then I get them taken out, you know, and now I'm going through the phase of like the thing I love least about myself is the doctor, the doctor that I used, he really fucked up on my scars and my scars are super uneven. And there's a part of it that I like, which is that one side dips down lower than the other side. So it's like, I have this like gnarly scar across like just Mm -hmm. my last boob. Um, But then the inside, they just didn't do a good job of like knowing where my breast tissue was. And so at some point I'll get it. It's a really easy easy thing to get revised. They'll just reopen that incision and just uh, tuck it up a little bit more. Um, But, but I'm, I'm not rushing the process of that. I kind of just want to get really used to what they look like now. And I just want to kind of love them as they are. And then when I go in, the way that I want it to be is if I want to get a revision, I don't want to go in with the feeling of like, get this taken care of. I want to go in and being like, oh man, like, you know, I'm going to take clean this up a little bit. And it's like self-care and 
this is kind of how it should have been done to begin with, but like, I feel really good. And I'm just so grateful for the connection that I've had with this thing that's been showing me how I feel and how I show up in the bedroom and intimacy and how I show up with this and that. And, um, and because I'm aware of it, it's just like a fucking adventure. I'm not like sitting Mm -hmm. here every day. I look in the mirror. I think about the adventure, not the thing that's like, keeping me from living my life. Um, and it's been, it's been a, just a dope process, honestly. And yeah, I have like a lot of, I talk about it so publicly now and that I have so many friends that feel like weird shame for having their implants or for, or for their truth being like, I'm not taking mine out. I love them. Like, <laughs> Oh, I love mine. I'm not taking them out. Either. Yeah, I'm, like, I don't <laughs> I'm definitely in that camp. What you do. Like I didn't come to my purpose on this planet is not to get everyone to take their breath. <laughs> I have a, I have a much bigger purpose than that. And, um, and I don't, it doesn't even resonate, you know? It's so, it's such an interesting process. I like, I absolutely adore mine and I, I don't want to get them taken out and I don't feel like I have any symptoms. It's just to truly love my body, to really see what that is. You know, I've gone through once again, like these iterations of it. And I thought I already loved it because I did love it more than I did 10 years ago and more than I did 20 years ago. But wow. Like I feel like it's, it's really now like the last, just very recently that I'm like, I fucking love my body. I don't want it to be any different. Like I don't necessarily want to be more muscly or more lean or more curvy or like, that's how I always felt. I wanted more of something, you know, and it probably depended on who the hell I was hanging out with at the time, what they looked like, because, you know, you see somebody beautiful and you think, wow, you're so beautiful maybe I could try to be more like that or I could embrace more of that in myself. Whereas now I'm just like, this body is such a miracle in and of itself. And I think now that I'm experiencing my energy and playing around and understanding and learning, playing around is probably a bit of a irresponsible term, but learning Tantra and learning all of my own energy and what it is to be a soul in a body. I'm just like, it's fucking miraculous. Like there's nothing not to love about that. (laughs) It's so amazing, but that's like a whole different level. Um, And, you know, a lot of it has come from healing my relationship with women and spending a lot of time naked with other women, you being one of them. And I think your scars are fucking epic, by the way. Um, I thought your boobs were epic before. I think they're epic now. Um, But, you know, we've done a lot of time, a lot of, we've spent a lot of time together naked and without girlfriends. And it is, I've always been a nudist. Anybody who knows me knows I've always been a nudist, but often I'm the only nudist. So like, there's only so much healing that happens when you're the only one walking around making everyone else uncomfortable. It's really nice when you're like at a beautiful mansion in Sedona as we were mid last year or late last year, whenever it was. And you know, there's 10, 20 girls just walking around naked, sitting by the pool, having a cigarette, having a glass of wine or a kombucha or whatever takes their fancy. Yeah. Totally. It's like women ranging from ages 22 to 50, like all different types. And we even took, like, we even got so comfortable. We took a photo, (laughs) like, you know, and it's just that day really changed my life in, in that way. And, um, you know, I had my boobs then and I was, I was grateful for that. And I was grateful to feel now that I could show up in that house with those same fucking women with the way my boobs are now mm. and feel so loved and accepted. Absolutely. Oh, you know what's crazy is I always so think amazing. about this. Imagine if tomorrow you woke up, you went outside and there was a spaceship in your driveway. You would be like, what the 
fuck, this is awesome. You would get on it. You would literally be like, you would be like, I have a spaceship and you would be losing (laughs) your mind and it would just be the most exciting thing ever. But then the next day you wake up and you walk outside and there's also a spaceship in your neighbor's yard and it's a little bit bigger and a little bit (laughs) all of a sudden, fuck your spaceship because you hate it. It's not enough. And you want that spaceship. And that's mm-hmm. the truth of our bodies. Like we're fucking spaceships. Our yeah. bodies are incredible. We don't even so understand how they work. We can pretend we understand, but Western medicine literally teaches us how much we don't understand. Mm-hmm. And now, and you know, we, it's incredible. If we, if we woke up on an island and we didn't know we were a person, we were all alone, we would be fascinated. I would just be stand. I mean, this is what happens every time I do mushrooms. I just stare. I was at just them. about to say I'm this. Like, what are these? That's exactly what happens to me. What? <laughs> Ketamine hands Every time I do mushroom, what do you think? <laughs> Ketamine hands are the craziest. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, mine, they're really long and far away and small. And it's just... <laughs> every time I do mushrooms, I hold my hand up and I move every single finger joint one by one. And I'm like, whoa, this thing is like the most amazing thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, your spaceship is just not as good as your neighbor's spaceship. You know, like that spaceship has longer so legs. True, babe. And, and it's like... Man, growing up being six foot tall, every every female on this planet is a reminder of how different my spaceship is from everybody else's. And then, well, so- I'm <laughs> right back at you, but on the other end of the spectrum. Totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> the both of our spaceships are just so great. That's the truth. <laughs> and they're real cute next to each other. They are a little, so cute. A little short one and a big tall one. Yeah, that's amazing. great. <laughs> Oh, I love it. This has been such a good conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the show, babe, and sharing everything. The fact that we haven't done this already yet is I know. the only shame of my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> Bring that shame to light. Integrate it. So many times we've had so many good conversations and yeah. It's... We have too many. It's like too hard to like get them into a podcast. We finally did it and I feel like we'll do more. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I, um, I'm just grateful to share. Uh, yeah. I love you. You're so awesome, sister. I love you too.